Good evening, all you creatures of the night. It's that time of year again. The cool, crisp air nips at your neck as the leaves begin to change all around you. Fall is finally upon us, and now the glorious month of October has befallen us. We have 31 days to watch all of the terrifying, blood-curdling films before we finally reach All Hallows' Eve. But which films to watch? Where do I begin? This is the latest podcast episode of It Records and the return of the annual recommendation show, Halloween Horror. Hello. Welcome to Fright Night. I ate his liver with some fava beans. Creatures of the Night, and welcome back to the Air Records Podcast. This is I, Matt Johnson, coming at you once again with an annual tradition we call Halloween Horror. If you don't know what that is, this is your first time listening or tuning in in the month of October. Halloween Horror is a sideshow we do every October, where I give you a movie recommendation each of every day throughout October. So, you're going to get 31 little episodes from me, giving you a movie suggestion to watch. We know that you don't watch horror films all year round like we do. You aren't as privy to watching horror movies in the middle of June, but we are. That's what we do here on the podcast. And as we approach Halloween and we're in the middle of October, there's probably the good chance you're going to want to watch a horror movie. You're more inclined to watch it now that we're in October, and we get that. I mean, that makes sense, but since you're maybe not as familiar with the genre, we hope with this little show to recommend a movie you have forgotten about that you want to watch, one you've never heard of that sparks your interest, and you can come here and pick one of the days throughout the month that I'm recommending the movie, listen to it, maybe you'll you'll pick it up and watch it. And I also tell you where you can watch these movies as well. So that's the main hope that we have with these Halloween horrors. As well, these movies are recommending we've never recommended before on a previous Halloween horror, and we've never done a full-length episode. So they're fresh new takes for you to kind of sit back, uh, listen to just a general spiel for me of what the movie is, when it came out, uh, how successful it was, and see if that interests you at all. I've done another uh, layer um, to the Halloween horror show this year, if you will, where I'm recommending movies between 1990 and 2020. So what that means is on October 1st, I gave you a movie recommendation from 1990. And on October 2nd, I gave you a recommendation from 1991. And when we get to Halloween, I'm going to give you a recommendation from 2020. 
So 31 years of horror movies, 31 days of October, 31 movie just suggestions for me, Matt Johnson. Sorry, excuse me. But that's where we are. And today is Saturday, October 24th. And we are in the year 2013. That's correct. We are in this latter decade of the the teens. The I don't even know what you want to call it. The 2010s. Whatever decade this is. And we are in 2013 right now. And I am going to give you a suggestion for the film Green Inferno. This is a cannibal horror film directed by Eli Roth. And I know in the past I talked about some subgenres that were popular in that first decade of the millennium, which was like the ghost, supernatural entities was, was pretty popular, as well as torture porn came out, which was really highly gross. Uh, sorry, not have the gross, but it is gory, really hyper gory movies that were realistically tortured and showing brutal deaths, like with the saws and the hostels, if you will, Devil's Rejects, The Collector I recommended as well. But this one is in 2013, towards the latter half now. So I think the torture porn started to die out at this point, but it was still prevalent. There were still movies coming out. Um, and this is directed by Eli Roth, who did the Hostel series, which does fall into that torture porn subgenre. And don't think you couldn't get away from a Halloween horror for me. And I didn't recommend a cannibal movie. Um, there's plenty of them out there. Um, I've done, we've done some full-length episodes on them. And I've recommended some in the Halloween horrors. But it is a subgenre. So it's not just the torture porn, but this is a cannibal horror film. And it was inspired uh, by the Italian cannibal films of the late 1970s and 80s. Uh, cannibal Holocaust being a particularly popular one. And more specifically, in Cannibal Holocaust, uh, there's a film within a film uh, titled Green Inferno, which is where Eli Roth came up for the name for this film and paying homage to those cannibal films of the 70s and 80s. But with that, um, you could kind of pick up the plot of this movie, but it's a cannibal movie. But in case you don't know, it's a, it follows a group of activists who really want to go to, I believe it's in Peru, yes, they're going to Peru, and they want to save the rainforest. Um, you know, you have global corporate interests in here uh, tearing up the rainforest for their own their own wealth, and they're ruining the natural world. So you have these these activists who go there, and their plane crashes in the middle of the jungle, and there's a tribe there. Turns out to be a cannibalistic tribe, and now they're forced to fight for survival. Um. I'm not a huge torture porn fan. Um, I lived through it, but there are some good ones. I'll give them that, like that have substance to them as well, um, or are truly haunting based on the substance and the character development. Some can be very good still. This one I don't think hits that mark. Uh, it's I don't think there's a lot of tension to it or scares really, besides not wanting to see the next gruesome torturing or killing of the character. So it's not so much about tension and suspense, but rather I don't want to see these violent images. And the characters are so paper thin and they don't really leave time to develop for them that I don't really care about a lot of these characters enough. It's just I don't want to see the actual act of violence. I don't even really care about their survival because I don't really know that much about them. They're so paper thin. They're just, you know, stereotypical characters you could throw into a movie. 
And don't get me started on the ending because that's so convoluted and like, I think it sends a weird message um, about the film that maybe they were intending to go one way. I don't want to spoil it, but it's super confusing about what you really wanted your message to be for this film. And it kind of seems twisted, like super twisted for a film that was like very paper thin and just set up to be uh, kind of a gross cannibalistic movie where I would say I recommend a cannibal movie that's not just for, you know, people eating each other and, like, torture. Uh, I'll recommend Raw on here. I, we did a full-length episode on it, and I think I've done a Halloween horror in the past. But Raw is a cannibal movie, but it's not just bent on, like, ooh, they're eating people, and we're going to show them disem- disembowel people or dismember them. Um, it takes a different twist on the cannibal genre um, and just makes it a little less about um, eating people. Um, as as the gross out factor, but anyway, back to Green Inferno. This is Eli Roth, very popular during the torture porn um, craze in the two thousands. This had a budget of five million and it was produced by Blumhouse, who does a lot of the horror movies now that you see in theaters. It had a box office of twelve point nine, so it doubled its budget. We generally at the podcast like to say if you hit three million, uh, tripled your budget. If you tripled your budget, then you're success. Not quite there. I don't remember this being too successful. I remember seeing all the, the trailers for this movie and kind of being interested just because you don't see a lot of cannibal movies, so I'm always kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll listen. I'll bite. What do you... No pun intended. But I'll bite and see what, what are you doing here. But I, I, I was never really drawn to it because I, I saw it was Eli Roth, and I'm like, oh, this is just going to be a bloodbath. Um, this is just going to be to gross me out. Um and I, it took me a long time to actually get to watch this movie. I didn't see it in 2013. But um, if you're looking to, to check it out, if you want to see this one. Um, oh, wait, before I do that. Um, in 2013, I'm sorry, a sequel was announced to be produced called Beyond the Green Inferno. But as of 2016, there's been no further updates. I just think because it wasn't as big of a success as they thought and it was kind of critically panned. Um, even my horror fans didn't really get into it all so much. If you're looking to watch it, it is not on Shutter, but um, it was on Netflix at some point. Um, I don't think it is anymore, but you can get it on Prime, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play. You can rent it there, and it is not on Hulu. Other horror films, though, that came out of this time, The Conjuring, which we're all familiar with. That's James Wan again, who I talked about in this era did... The Insidious series, the Saw series, uh, Dead Silence I recommended. Uh, the Purge comes out in 2013 as well. Oculus, uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Mama, which is a Guillermo del Toro, I believe, produced film. I do not think he directed it. And I'll leave it with Warm Bodies, which is kind of a uh, slapstick comedy horror. It has... Not so much scary, but it has horror elements to it. So that's the other horror films that came out in 2013. But in case you aren't watching horror movies, what else was going on in the world? I'm going to go back to my uh, Lance Armstrong theme. I told you, remember, he was winning the Tour de France's. This is the year that it was caught. He was doping. Uh, 2013, Lance Armstrong admits to doping and all of his Tour de France wins. Um, in his interview with Oprah Winfrey, I remember that one. Uh, for some reason, 
watching that interview, which I don't ever really watch Oprah, but I remember watching that interview. Um, also in April of this year, the Boston Marathon bombings occurred, um, killing three and injuring 264 um, at that time. And yes, I will leave it there for 2013. I can't really think of anything else. If you want, I mean, Barack Obama started his second term. If you want to get um, into the political sphere again um, to start his second term, um, that occurred. And the U.S. government shut down. That occurred in the middle of October 2013. Um, they passed a last-minute deal to reopen the government and raise the debt limit at the last possible second. Um, the Senate first struck a bipartisan deal, and then the House passed the deal with several Republican members joining the Democrats. I do remember the government shutdown um, being an imminent threat back in 2013. But I will leave it there for today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, please come back tomorrow, and I will give you a film from 2014. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson, and I remain in the shadows. I said, I'm not going to hurt you.